0: Welcome to NFP, the Non Fungible Podcast, with your host, Decline. Hey, this is NFP, the Non Fungible Podcast, with me, Decline. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny. And Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at KOII dot network. Alright, the Art of Man back on NFP. So I'm back. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back. How you doing? I'm doing great how are you? I'm doing good you know
1: navigating this uh poor economy I guess <laughs> Oof. yeah
0: no kidding well I think you managed to come in before it got really ugly right
1: Oh yeah yeah I was yeah. here I got in about the tail end of the big boom last year
0: yes so you you've enjoyed you've seen both sides then you've seen you know the 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 highs and the lows I guess you could say Right, that. right. Yeah. So that's that's good. I mean, since we last talked, um you were at the time creating works primarily on OpenSea and they were your Demon Scribbles. That's what we talked about. And right. since then I've seen you have a huge collection happening on Tezos.
1: Yeah, so you know, I had the I had the Demon Scribbles which I created uh they're all vector art. So mm-hmm. I started thinking about those, you know, I had never really done a lot of digital drawing, you know, that was my first introduction to that. So okay. as the Demon Scribbles did better, you know, I upgraded to a new iPad and, and started fooling with the software and started wanting to make uh, digital paintings, you know, so I just mm-hmm. took like I would traditionally do if I was going to make a painting, I would start a sketch maybe. I, although I say that, I don't really do that. <laughs> I know that's a lot of people. That's a technique a lot of people use. So I had put the research into each of these demons. So I thought, well, I'll just take those and, and try to build paintings on top of those. And
0: okay, okay. just
1: really enjoy the software. There's so many wild things you can do. And actually I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, people talking about different brushes and I need, I need to get into that and check out some of these custom brushes now.
0: Yeah. I still feel like I haven't even fully taken advantage of just the basic stuff that's included. Like there have been some brushes on the show that I've been like, Ooh, I got to try that. And right. I'm still enjoying the brushes that are just included by default. Like I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about procreate. Well, no,
1: actually I use uh, fresco Adobe. Okay. But I feel like it's the same thing. I can't imagine it's much different. And I, the only reason I, the only reason I use that is because well I have the Adobe subscription, so.
0: Okay. I, mean, I okay, know pro. Okay.
1: I keep thinking Procreate maybe ought to. I ought to try that out because I know that's what everybody uses.
0: But, so what's the drawing experience know. like on Fresco? Then explain that to me because I've actually never tried it.
1: I mean, it's it's. Outstanding. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't I don't I can't imagine that it's any different. I know I don't see how it could be any different than Procreate. The only advantages you probably have with Fresco are, uh, you know, you're using the Adobe Cloud, so everything's integrated. So I can I set the iPad up in front of my iMac, and I can go, you know, doing whatever on the iPad. Well, this would be easier to jump into Photoshop. And I swipe it up, it's in Photoshop. Back and forth, back and forth. Still, that of, explains know, any... a
0: little because i remember looking at some of your work and going how the hell is he doing that in procreate so that explains yeah it because you're not using procreate <laughs> I, right i'm using predominantly
1: with the with the everything i've been doing on Tezos. it's it's photoshop and uh and fresco and then I right jump right back right, and right, forth. right right i i'm trying to integrate uh, as a physical painter uh, i do a lot of collage work okay. i do a lot of I don't, I don't do, I, I mean, you see a lot of collage, a lot of collage works really clean. You know, where yep. oh, we're taking this lady and we're gonna give her a, an apple for a head, that kind of thing. I, I never did that. I, I used collage more as to try to make the biggest mess possible and to just cram as many layers into the piece as I possibly could, the physical painting. You know, I'll glue yeah. a bunch of newspapers mm-hmm. down I've got a giant uh, tub of materials that that I go through. It's a four foot by four foot uh, wooden crate on wheels. It's about two foot deep. And I wheel it around the studio and, and just grab stuff out of there until something catches my eye. I glue that down. I use a combination of uh, water-based glues if you want the paper to get wrinkly or yep. uh, like, contact cement if you want a nice smooth surface so you combine those things and build textures so i was just trying to continue that digitally so that's how you get some of these probably some of these elements of the tazos pieces that you thought how is he making that in procreate it's because i'm taking i right now you're actually using
0: physical medium you're using physical paper
1: sometimes i'll go out to uh the studio and i'll take the ipad and i'll just take some photos of things i grab or you know at this point i've i've been painting for 20 25 years something like that and almost all of that's been digitized so i have files and folders and folders of files and files of paintings paintings that were successful paintings that didn't work different stages of the paintings so i can use those as well
0: okay because i'm looking at a piece like sorry go ahead
1: no, I was going to say, I mean, that's what I prefer to do. I I think a, a piece really, uh, the strength of it is when you can see a lot of time in it, not necessarily mm-hmm. like the time that it takes to create. But, you know, like if I have a piece that I worked on 10 years ago, and then I bring it in here and, and I do some more work on it, and then I cut this part out of it. I think all that reads, it bleeds through.
0: Mm-hmm. I like think You can feel
1: that when you're looking at it.
0: I'm looking at the piece you did as a collab with—is it Jolene Casco? I'm not sure how to pronounce. Yeah, that I, and, I think so too. Yeah, I think and, it's Casco. <laughs> okay, and when I look at that, I'm looking at this photo source of this woman that you have here with the, like the third eye idea on the forehead. Um, right. So that's sourced from some old newspaper or something, or what's what's the story?
1: That's about? that's Jolene's portion. Okay. She she came up with the original image of the woman. And then uh, I tweaked the, the image of the woman and a lot of the background is mine. So if you really like, if you zoom in on the upper left-hand corner, I think mm-hmm. you'll see elements of of a couple paintings that I've yet to finish, <laughs> physical paintings that are still out in the studio. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to finish these things. Uh, but I like that too. I like the ability and and we'll continue to to kind of flesh that out more when you're working on something physical and then you can photograph it and then you can try different things out on that, on the iPad, before you actually paint them Mm -hmm. incorporate that a little bit, but it gets really tricky because I, I feel like my work is always most successful when it has a spontaneous
0: feeling to it. Wow, you nail that. Like there's stuff in there that just, it really flows and yeah, no, it's beautiful work. Uh, And then you have this work. So for example, you have, um, I want want to call it the right thing here. You have uh, the evolves pieces, for example, you have one that's just recent of an eye. And then you have kind of the layered effects upon that eye. And is that just a snippet from an old painting then? Is that what you're saying? And then you work Uh, with that? um, What happened there?
1: That's probably you're going through the Twitter feed. That would be a, a close-up of one mm-hmm. of the evolved pieces.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. Okay, yeah. wild. Try
1: I, I try to switch it up a little <laughs> on Twitter. You just throw you just throw the whole image out there all the time. I think people quit paying attention to you.
0: Oh, that's a good tip. That's a good tip.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially well, especially well, because like now. you
0: have so much detail in your work.
1: Right. And, and now with the auction going on, you know, obviously, I want to push that auction a bunch. But if I just keep showing you the whole image and saying, hey, go bid on this, you're going to quit paying attention. Or some people, I you know, I, yeah, and, and some people even they're like, this guy, I'm sick of this. They hit unfollow. I know they do.
0: <laughs> keep seeing the same image. Yeah, yeah, this guy's sure trying to get happens. me a bit
1: on this auction. Yeah, I don't want don't wanna pay attention to this. <laughs> I have no
0: qualms about that just, you know, pushing putting my stuff out there. I mean, maybe I've lost some followers over it. I don't know.
1: No, but I, I think if you can try to make it more interesting, it has to help.
0: Yeah, and I would. So think that so.
1: that's yeah. been my latest technique is I'll pick an area and zoom in maybe two or mm-hmm. three areas.
0: Yeah. Try to give you it know, a little more description. Are, I really love the complexity of it. Just the the amount of depth and layers to it is makes it very interesting to observe and kind of just scan your eye over it and look for different elements. Yeah. And, and
1: I really try, I I don't know that it's always very successful or always very evident, but I try, I try to, you know, all of these demons are actual demons, I guess with quotation marks, actual demons from, (laughs) from, around the world so there's there's some mythology i guess to to some of them and i i try to incorporate i try to hide that in the layers Mm.
0: i'm a
1: real i I really i'm a real big proponent of that i feel like if you can you can put elements in the layers and even if you don't see them they're going to bleed through you're going to you're going to find them your mind's going to find them i guess
0: Mm. okay i get what you're saying will
1: it put it all together i i don't know (laughs)
0: Like I'm looking at this one called Alastor, and you know it's based from Colin de Plancy's Dictionary Infernal, I guess it's called. It Says in this text, de Plancy indicates that Alastor was known in the Zoroastrian tradition as the executioner. So you go really into depth with these. Like you go into the right. the lore. Right. Of it. Yeah.
1: I do, and and I guess uh, you know I haven't I haven't mentioned this to anybody, but since the beginning of the year, I've yeah. been working on my version of the lesser key of solomon which is the 72 demons that solomon was given uh he was given this book i by the angels that he could trap these demons and it was one of the oh, wow. it's a book that was written in the 1500s and so there's the 72 demons and i there's i've drawn all 72 of those twice so i thought wow. you know what i've I'm going to put a book together of the painting with the the digital paintings from the evolves. So the book's been put together and I'm in the process of trying to write descriptions of each of the pieces, which is turning out to be really intense. So what (laughs) is it about
0: demons that draws you into it so much? I mean, clearly that's um, the main inspiration of most of your work. What do you think it is that grabs you? about
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, um, this is just what I'm working on now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When when I when I when I grab a hold of a subject, you know, I, I try to I try to really research it, I try to get into it, and I work with it until I'm done. And I guess I'm not done with the with the demon yet. I've got the sketches, the paintings, and and I I want to I want to bring everything back together with with a a gallery show, and. Mm. Galleries are kind of around here. I haven't met one yet that's real interested in NFTs. They want, yeah, that's cool, but you need to have some paintings too, maybe. Right.
0: <laughs> so right. I have
1: I have taken the those evolves uh, are all uh, eighteen by twenty four at three hundred DPI. So they're all large files. So I've started to have them printed, and uh, I. I always paint on wood. So I've built a uh, 18 by 24 wooden wooden panel box. And I'm using the print as the first layer of the collage. And so okay. I'm printing out the evolves. And I'm going to paint on top of those. Okay. And so you'll have two digital versions. You'll have the the demon scribble, which is the, the sketch we'll call the evolve like an underpainting or a painting study. And then the, the final piece will be a physical piece. So, and I feel like what I want to do with these, with these final physical paintings is to, I don't want them to be so obviously demons, you know, because mm. I don't, you know, I understand not everybody likes demons. <laughs> But but I also, I, you know, I, so I'm kind of looking more towards, I guess I'm kind of letting the market dictate my style a little bit, but I kind of like the idea that all that work and all that research is in that painting, but I can kind of hide it a little bit. And to me, that's mm-hmm. kind of what the the demons, all these demons represent. They, To me, uh, they just kind of read as like uh, personality traits. Like this demon is this and this demon's that. So those are like the hidden parts of a person's personality. And right. maybe that's what, that's why they've, I mean, that book is from the 1500s and it's still around today. I mean, there's not a lot of books that have lasted as long you know, yeah. as, as this demons and the 72 is really interesting. There's 72 angels, there's 72 demons. And then the, 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 the true name of God is 72 syllables. And I I really think that that's very interesting that there's these 72 elements of good and bad that make up the whole.
0: It's kind of a balance kind of idea.
1: Right. Right. So I think if these paintings are kind of, I mean, you know, obviously it's still going to have a feel. I think my work has probably always had a dark feel to it.
0: Okay, but, so then I got to ask the natural question: Are seventy-two angels in the in the plans in in your mind? Are seventy-two angels forthcoming? No, you know, that would be really uh, interesting.
1: I know, but I'm not interested in. <laughs> I, I I don't think I can do. I don't know. For some reason, that doesn't appeal to me right now.
0: Demons I, have uh, a little bit more of a cool cool vibe to them, right? But, right. I don't know. Right. I think you could do some pretty wild stuff with angels, man.
1: Right. Right. I, I, I mean, after the evolves, uh, I mean, I'll I'll do these physical pieces and I don't know. I mean, I could be working on that for years. I I don't know how long that'll that'll go on, but I, I, I think I'm going to move on to, I want to start your pieces, something that, you know, I've, I've a few things I've been working on something that, you know, one of these evolves. I really don't spend a lot of time on those. No. And uh, I mean, I don't that I don't think that affects the quality of the work. But now I want to start producing things that this is what it looks like when I spend six months on something.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's I, I kind of more about a interd- process. If you're printing on a canvas, your original print, and then you're painting on top of that, is that that's my assumption? Yeah. Is what you mean by that?
1: I'm yeah. I'm going to print on paper, or I have they're printed on paper, not canvas. Okay. i like to use uh, um it's a a matte paper because i don't want that i don't want that shine coming through the paint
0: okay interesting that's something
1: that i use when when working with collage uh, that's a really interesting element to exploit is that you have a uh, newspaper versus like magazine or then you have like a photo out of a book you know the different the different the different sheens of the paper Mm-hmm. The, different, the different ways the paper will absorb water or repel water, what it'll do to it. You know, some things will, you just take, a, you know, if you take a photo, a really nice photo out of a book and you just wad it up, <laughs> it looks really nice. It gives it all the cracks and, and it starts to degrade. And then you can glue it down and you take some sandpaper to it. I mean, when I'm working on a painting, I try to get it to look really good, like as quickly as possible, and then I try to absolutely destroy it. Like, I, I mean, I, I sit there and I think to myself sometimes, what would the, what would the craziest thing, like, what would another artist think would be the dumbest thing you could do right now? And I pick up the hand, sand, you know, I, I get the, I get the sander out and I just start running a belt sander across it. What's going to happen. And then, you know, I, cause I want to just keep building layers and layers and layers and layers. That's okay. really, I, I really feel like that's where it's at layer. I'm all about layers.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It's like when I look at your work that's on like your website, your portfolio, you know, it's a lot of almost like it gives a feeling of like a landscape kind of feeling for a lot of them, you know, um, with the collage works that you have there. And there's a very beautiful just texture that you create by having so many layers, like you say, like if I look at something like the duality of blue and brown, for example, or uh, El Dorado, you know, there's just... The, well, and, what creates that in that variety and interest is, like you say, it's the layers and, and all the stuff you've done to beat it up, yeah. so to speak.
1: And those pieces are just insanely impossible to photograph. Mm. <laughs> I wish, you know, I, I don't know how other artists feel about their, their work. I mean, obviously some, some work is easier to photograph than others, but mine is horrible to photograph. It, it really, it doesn't. It doesn't do him justice. It really doesn't. Okay. Especially the first one you said—the duality of blue and brown—that
0: mm-hmm.
1: that piece is twelve foot by four foot.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you can't really get a full impression of it by looking at it all. Yeah. You, it.
1: you can't. Yeah. That's that. Uh, that's at a corporate collection in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, oh wow. EMH and T—they're an engineering firm. They bought two paintings. They built their new corporate office. They won an architectural award, whatever year that was, maybe 2008, I'm gonna guess. Mm-hmm. And they bought those pieces.
0: So I'm curious, like when you're building these, like when I look at a piece like Political Parties in the US, which is also very just visually um, entrancing piece, you know, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking there's a lot going into how you're even just measuring out these elements onto your work. like you know, what's the process like in terms of building that up and gluing these down and getting them just in that right place? Because to me, it feels like you must have put a lot of work into making it have kind of this visual balance through the way that you structured it.
1: It definitely, and and a lot of pieces and that political parties, that's an older piece, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. At some point, I got really into the golden ratio though. And okay. I started. I started using a phi calculator to get all my proportions.
0: I was gonna say because it looks like there's some measurement happening there.
1: Yeah, so I I do do a lot of measuring and a lot of, but a lot of it also is when you work with material at when you, you know, I have that giant tub. I've had that tub for 20 some years and it's full (laughs) of the most insane stuff. And I don't let anybody go through it. It was, you know, it's like somebody's diary, you know, it's like, this is really personal. Stay out of there. I don't know what you're going to find and I don't want you to find it and just stay out of my stuff. But you get familiar with the materials and to the point where like, maybe you pick, pick something up thirty times or three hundred times at this point, maybe before you ever use it. But you kinda I don't know, like your mind can just work that way where it it knows I pick something up and it's the right size. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I can I can eyeball right. it really well. Or you're going,
0: point. Oh oh I've got just the right piece and it's like buried like three inches deep in this paper pile. That's the worst. Y- you know that where is it the is. Worst. <laughs> or you can't find it. I re-
1: I, yeah, exactly. I remember the scrap of paper. It's about two inches by two inches, and I, and I remember it, and if and it I could just find it, yeah, it would be perfect right there. And Another thing I, I started doing is I bought um, uh, just little pads of cardstock, like four by six, I think is the size. No, five by seven. I can't believe that. Okay. I remember that. because I, I was on a goal to make a thousand of those, just a little physical. And mm-hmm. what what ends up happening, like if you're working on a giant piece, like that duality of blue and brown, you know that that thing's massive. I worked on that for a while, and you just keep finding stuff. But and and you're like, I really like this piece or this element, but it just doesn't work in here. But I really like it. I really like it. So now I'll have a bunch of that cardstock sitting on the side, and maybe I'll have fifteen or twenty pieces going on the side. And that's all those are is to like to clear my mind like, here's this piece i can't just throw it back in the tub i got to use it
0: okay so i'm trying to so, imagine how you keep this organized in your living space like how how, how does that work do you, you know, have, have like a, a pilot stuff everywhere or what how do you do that
1: no i have a i have a giant uh, uh detached garage that i've turned into my studio okay Big 24 by 24 it's a beautiful spot i should I should have hooked everything up so I could take you out there. I guess um, there's <laughs> a, a we got a lake. We've got a lake over the hill with a with a dock and the back of the garage. It didn't have anything. It was just a solid wall. I tore that wall down and put in nothing but windows. And all of my all of my stuff, like a, like the crate, is on wheels. And all my workbenches, everything's on wheels and there's a big concrete slab in front of the garage where the garage door is. So if I need to, I can just open the garage door and roll everything out so the room's completely empty. I've got a chair I set in in there and I just stare at an easel for hours and hours and <laughs> hours. Hours. I could <laughs> I hate to think <laughs> how much time I've spent just working on
0: paintings like that. Ah, that's that's a dream though, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure yeah yeah that's awesome so it's just interesting to see how you carry over some of these elements into the nft creations you make Yet there's still a uniqueness to the stuff that you're doing you know in the physical space do you still keep up the physical work as much as before or have the nfts kind of taken time away from that
1: they they have taken time away from it but uh i'm not worried it's just i know how it goes you know it's just something that you just got to let it run its course yeah Uh, and as long as as long as I'm making uh, work that I think is good it doesn't matter to me what it is yeah and it but it's really interesting you know when I do work on a physical piece now I'm so used to the way I work on the on the digital that I find myself like on on fresco i don't know if it's like that on procreate but if you tap two fingers you yes. undo the you're, last you, thing you want to erase
0: done. the your painting <laughs> you know. with two fingers on your canvas
1: yeah yeah i make a brush stroke <laughs> and i'm like shit and, I, and i've touched the you know because you, you know how you get out there when you're working on something you don't even know where you're at and i i run the, the brush up there and then i'm tapping the painting and i'm thinking what what
0: am i doing here this is not how it works <laughs> i've actually done that with the drawing a paper gun (laughs) right (laughs) Right. tap my two fingers on it and nothing went away (laughs)
1: well and you know because that's the thing that i love the most like uh, you know with my digital work with the evolves i'm trying to keep or even the demon scribbles i like that it's spontaneous Mm -hmm. but i still feel like like when you see a scribble the odds that i did that one time are slim to none (laughs) exactly
0: because
1: i i just keep but I like that about the digital. You can do it so fast.
0: Yes. You know, you
1: make the mark. No, undo, do it. Boom, boom, boom. You can That's, do it 20 times Absolutely. In yeah. 10 seconds, you know, until
0: you get it just that right, like that right feeling. Right. Lately, lately I've been doing ones that are kind of minimalist. They're just very simple strokes, but it'll take multiple strokes to get that stroke just right. Yeah. That's exactly. Like you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love, I love that kind of work. I mean, that, that, every line you know there's three lines but they're absolutely perfect <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah no i mean i wish like when i look at somebody like ali Sabbat, and i've seen him draw in person and yeah. he just goes no he doesn't correct it he's just perfect the first time he's just whoop, you know and it's like how right. are you doing that you know um i'm not that i i do i do redraw lots.
1: Personally. yeah but, you know, it's just like, it's like playing a, a guitar or something. It, it becomes muscle memory at some point.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's when, that's when, you know, it's time to do something else. In my opinion, when it gets okay. down to the point when, when you're, when you're just nailing just it automatic? every time. Yeah. You've pushed it. <laughs> you're done. It's over. Yeah. Do something else.
0: <laughs> time to try something different. Okay.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe cut off a couple fingers and try to put the put the brush in your mouth and do something. Make it I mean, more of a challenge. Totally. Yeah, you got to totally mix on, it up. It's, That's the only, it's the only way to grow, right?
0: Yeah. Hey, in cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at AtomicZombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emerge, and evolve as they receive more attention online powered by the Koi Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. So I want to ask you about uh, the market. What do you think? uh, Where is this going in the next little while? I mean... You know, a lot of people who are, you know, relying on NFTs as artists are really hurting right now, you know. So what yeah. do you think? What are your thoughts? Where is this going?
1: Um, I think it's going to be down for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, with the art or the market or anything. It's just the world, <laughs> the world economic situation. It looks like it's going to be down for a while, in my opinion. Yep, there's so just so many things
0: going like, on outside of the space that people need to prioritize financially.
1: There is, and and really in particular, this month in the U.S. is looking to be horrific, <laughs> in my opinions. There's the the big numbers come out this month, the second quarter
0: numbers okay. come
1: out the, the 28th of this month and that's when they'll officially be able to declare a recession and i i mean it's i don't i wish it wasn't so but if like bitcoin obviously everything in the crypto market follows bitcoin and yeah. bitcoin for whatever reason seems to be pegged directly to the stock market
0: yes i would like to see those two is. things
1: if those two things would separate so i kind of see a, a stock market downturn towards the end of this month which i don't know <laughs> i don't know. i think i think crypto is going to go lower but
0: yeah i feel i'm kind of with you i feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better i feel like we're not yet at the bottom which is scary because i don't know where the bottom is but yeah it yeah. could be pretty rough for a little while yet
1: but I mean I think it's probably good for the NFT scene because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna weed it out you know we're gonna get a, we're gonna get rid of a lot of these little generated derivative projects and you know we're gonna see the people that really are, are trying to make something.
0: And, yeah, I think it could be a return to like you know some of the way it was you know when it before it had its massive boom and people were interested in the art and they weren't really concerned about flipping. It was more about right. buying something that they liked and collecting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it, I think that's what's going to happen most likely. I think we'll start to see a lot of these companies are going to consolidate. A lot of people are going to get bought yeah. out. I just hope that it doesn't all go to big corporations, but that yeah, makes sense. That's where said
0: that, kind of concerning, right? That there's just a yeah. few people that end up being in control of it all.
1: But I mean, that's that's kind of how it is now, anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: To, to Did a degree, you see this whole like, thing with
0: OpenSea and Toter and Toter um, pulling down all these uh, trash art pieces that have the word Toter in them?
1: I I saw something. I saw somebody post where they wrote like a an cease and desist letter on on twitter i don't know yeah. who that
0: was that was the professor and, he's that was he yeah a jab at toter yes
1: yeah yeah but i didn't know uh, i didn't really know what was going on well tell me about it
0: well basically what happened is this is years ago now that uh, rob ness the artist started the trash art movement with uh, right. a 64 gallon toter and it just so happens that is a trademarked name although people use it generically you know so um, it can be used as a brand name, but can also be used just in kind of like the vernacular when you're talking about a garbage can, right? Right. And right. so basically what I my impression is that uh there were a whole bunch of DMCAs issued on OpenSea, pretty much to <laughs> loads of pieces that have the word toter in them. You know, and I mean it has nothing to do with the brand toter, you know, but they are toters, they're garbage cans. Right. You know? And so this company is on a war path to get all this stuff pulled down. So, but there's lots of theories going around. Like, who is this that's really behind this? Is this some kind of huge troll? Is this some kind of like huge experiment to see what's going to happen here with, you know, because what does yeah, Toyota but- care about some NFTs with garbage cans in them? Like, why would they care about
1: that? Right? Yeah. That seems pretty strange. That's funny. There's a lot of weird stuff going on right now. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, I guess that's what happens when, when the market's down, we got to do something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody that's just, you know, seeing what happens if they pursue this, but at the same time, maybe it is really them trying to protect their trademark, you know, which I mean, I don't know. I mean the, when you read it, it's like talking about like, any like containers you know or whatever like it's pursuing dmcas it's like how can they possibly like you're seriously gonna go after anybody who has containers in their portrayal in their artworks you know what i mean like it seems like it's much too wide of a a net that they're casting but again i don't i don't really know what's behind it i don't fully understand it that's
1: pretty wild that is wild
0: so now there's a whole counter toter (laughs) movement that's coming out of this (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see because you know you can count on people like rob ness and a lot of the trash artists to not just sit back and watch this happen there's going to be some kind of craziness happening out of this well
1: what about the 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 god hates nft protesters (laughs) who who put that on that that was a big joke wasn't it i thought that was hilarious
0: I think it was, oh man, I wish I could remember better right now because I spoke to a person who was actually connected with that. It was all kind of a joke. Um, yeah, I, now I I don't remember. I knew and they're going to listen to this episode maybe. And they're going to be like, that was me. Remember, <laughs> we just talked like two weeks ago. <laughs> I apologize to the audience because I don't remember who it was.
1: <laughs> I can That's yeah. my weakest part of, of being in the NFT community. I can't. I don't keep up with any of this stuff. I don't know. It's too right. hard. Well, but
0: often you're just kind of catching it after the phenomenon's passed, right? You're like, right. it's like, oh, this happened last week and I finally now understand it, right? You know, right. so that happens a lot because it just moves so rapidly with social media, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure there's stuff going on with this whole Toter controversy as we're recording right now, you know, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that some more. I should see if I can get
0: someone from Toter on my show to talk about trademark infringement. There you go. Interesting. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, because you wonder, like, for example, Robness has his 64-gallon Toter, you know, on Super Rare, and that's, like, a pretty important piece, artistically speaking, right? Yeah. And... Are they removing that piece because of uh, a DMCA? I don't know. Right, that's like, wild. Sometimes I find you know these DMcas are pretty major overreach. You know, like for example, I had one that was uh, a zombie. Do you remember Bonsai Buddy? It was this stupid little purple ape that was kind of like a Google uh, Windows assistant that you could get. This gr- it was terrible bloatware that ran on old Windows 95 computers. And instead okay. of like the little clippy character that would come up, you remember a little paperclip character? Right. Well, this right. was something that if you happen to download something, they would package this Bonsai Buddy in with it and you just have this crap show up shovelware all over your computer. And it was really intrusive and people hated it, but it also was kind of a iconic of the time. And so I made this zombie of him, the zombie Bonsai Buddy. It was just funny, right? And they, they, the company, bonsai buddy, DMCA'd it, and they got it pulled down on open sea. Wow! It's like it's a zombie, though. It's not like I actually took them and like just copied them, right? But they well, you have to to
1: applaud their effort, right? How do they ever find that thing? (laughs) You know, I I know, right? How do they ever find? Well, they only have
0: the the mistake I made is I used the full name, right? The trademark name. Oh, you see what I'm saying? If I would have just called it. I don't know yeah. zombie bonsai or something you know that would have probably well, been like, are they
1: still around i mean is that that's it's they still are out
0: there they are they're still it's protecting wild. their ip on this useless shovelware from the 90s everybody <laughs> right. hated. Right. right right but the fact that everybody hated it and it has kind of this 90s you know iconic you know theme to it they're probably able to merchandise that or whatever right so yeah, yeah. I'm sure they just did a little search on OpenSea for that word, and they found it, and they went. Well, I've I, 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 trademark I, infringement.
1: I did a, a mural, a big collage mural for uh, a Kroger, a grocery store here in the Cincinnati area. They yeah. uh, it was part of part of their all the new stores they're opening, they put like a nice cafe in there and they want a big piece of artwork from a local artist. So I did the piece and it, I had to go through, uh, I don't know, four or five times because I, I filled it. It was a giant piece as well. Like I, I don't remember the dimensions. It might've been like 15 foot by four or five feet, something like that. And they went through that thing with a fine tooth comb. And, and there was just like, they found it was the sea from a crest ad an old crest uh-huh. ad too from like a seven and it was just the c and i had to cover that up and they're picking little things like that out of there but i was oh, impressed yeah, of course
0: like, with yours being collaged from all these old sourced photos and ads and whatnot of course it's going to be out yeah. of the place
1: and they, they just didn't want any trademarks in there i was like this is crazy <laughs> but the some of the stuff that that's the one that i really remember was the letter c it's just okay. the sea. it didn't even say the rest of the crest and it was probably partially covered. I can't imagine it was even all the way out and, right. you know, out of a giant thing and, and 15 foot by whatever. And the sea was probably three or four inches tall. <laughs> They're like, that's got to go. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs> I had one too. Good I, for had, you. Uh, yeah. I had one where it was uh, David Gockstein, who's really uh, part of the NFT space. He has a podcast and he's a pretty significant media figure. And I did a portrait of him, but it was him as John Wick. So like Keanu Reeves oh. was out of the picture. Okay, it was David Gockstein instead, but in the same right. pose in the same setting, right? As a, right. as a John Wick like movie poster, and it, I just called the I called it "Everything's Got a Price" or something like that. It's a quote from the movie, right? And it he right. does resemble Keanu Reeves. That's the thing. Like there is a resemblance there. So right. they might have just thought it was just a straight up bad portrait of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I suspect, because it was Lionsgate Studios that DMCA'd it, right? And I'm thinking, oh wow, hey, okay, but this is clearly not John Wick. This is some dude who happens to be standing in the rain with the same color scheme, right? You know, uh, but yeah, Crazy. they they got it taken down. Now that's one I could so, probably, if I had the, you know, desire, I could probably fight it, but it's like, really like, I don't know. Right. I don't know how you go about fighting that. Cause it, I think it's going to happen more and more mean. often in the NFT space where, you know, there's lots of plays on, popular, oh, yeah. there's lots of plays on Disney stuff. There's lots of, I mean, and that's been part of art for decades now is right. taking right. something that is popular and, doing a twist of some sort with it and that's been generally yeah, the satire respected. and
1: yeah well, i mean it, that's that's part of the big court case that's gonna happen right the the board apes i mean that's kind of yeah what the satire you know is satire now in allowed? that case
0: it's a straight up copy right and the <laughs> satire is that it's not the same because the token is different right that's the argument
1: which right right
0: has some validity to it if you ask me because i mean that's their whole argument on their side in the first place is it's the token that holds the value, not necessarily the image. Right. So, you know, I see what this rider rips is playing at there. And I mean, you got to give him credit for, you know, being satirical about it, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like the favor is going with these big companies these days, even though it doesn't really match up with what's happened before in the space of art, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, uh, Warhol lost some yeah. stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I think about I mean, about if that. Warhol I mean,
0: lost that one with Prince, though, the Prince photo, couldn't you argue he should lose pretty much almost, I'd say 90% of his work. Right. Is based on yeah. popular culture, you know, whether it's the Campbell's soup can, that's clearly trademark infringement. Right. You know, or the Marilyn Monroe, or whatever, right? Like, how can you protect any of it if you allow that to be an infringement? It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, exactly. I mean, that's a big part. Well, especially art now. I mean, yeah, you, you have it has to be a commentary on on what's going on. You know, I mean, that's my whole thing with using the collage. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started doing that was there's just all this material. Why can't I use it? You know, well I'm taking you know if I rip up a time magazine from 1975 and I do whatever to it that's not time magazine anymore you know that that's totally mine and And it's been
0: accepted for decades and all of a sudden now it's like no not allowed it doesn't make a lot of sense to me I mean I I guess we could all just sit here and paint pretty flowers and you know just make sure you've got a flower that's not you know, patented by some flower company. Right. Painted. I don't know. You know what I mean? It seems like it could get that ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's just like, well, photography, you know, I can take a photograph of of something and sell it. But if I take a photograph of a person who has the ability to say, hey, that's my image and I'm going to fight you over it, then I can't. And I think that's right. Well, I, mean, I guess too.
0: I can see where if you take the photo of like an unknown person and you're selling like thousands of copies of it and profiting from their image, it makes sense that they should be compensated. But if it's someone who's already like a celebrity and you're doing something that's like a single piece of them, that to me does not harm their ability to profit from their image. Right.
1: Yeah, you know? it, it's all interesting stuff, I guess. It was inevitable that nft would, would lead to this kind of thing because that's kind of the purpose of the nft is to try to establish you know these rights over a digital image or so i guess it's a good thing that that uh, that eventually it will get hashed out i don't know i don't see how you can hash it out i don't know I'm... I'm waiting for for somebody you know where's flavor flav man slam down the clock and tell them you can't copyright a beat. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that yeah, it, should be you?
0: Like, it should be like recipes right like you know what like you know you can play with this you know I don't know I, I understand protecting IP I understand that but to me if there's you know commentary made satire if you're doing an interpretation of it if you're modifying it you know that should not be a, a copyright offense to me yeah. yeah but I'm not a lawyer
1: right right
0: Yeah, I've had a lawyer on my show once who talked about the issue and she had to stay relatively vague on a lot of stuff because you can't definitively say even it's not really even that clearly spelled out. So, yeah, it's a tricky one.
1: All interesting, I guess, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it all pans out. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It's I'm very interested to see what they have to say for sure.
0: Yeah, that people Rider would do story will be interesting. Yeah.
1: And what'll happen like after that? I mean, you know, on one side, I, I would hate to see people just just basically s everything that's ever been popular. I mean, well, that that's would, the other seems side. Like it would, it, right? yeah, yeah, that would destroy the whole scene, don't you think? I mean,
0: well, and I brought this up with another guest where um someone actually did go to the effort of copying a large portion of my collection from known origin onto to OpenSea under the name Decline okay. Art. It's not me though. Okay. Right. Um, and there's about 30 pieces there. They haven't, fortunately they haven't sold any because, you know, people can tell um, because of the fact that there's no connection to me there and there are already pieces that are sold. So, right. um, but I've filed a report with OpenSea, I know friends did, and yet they've done nothing. It's been up for months. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, if you want my actual work, you want to go to known origin decline. Now I do have work on OpenSea as decline and as societal decline, but I do not have a collection called decline art. That's <laughs> fake. So, but here's the thing with that, they are trying to be deceptive. They literally copied the work, right? and right. they're trying to pass it off as me. Yeah. See that to me is where there should be protection not when it's a joke on something or, a, a, you know, a modification of something or a remix of something, right? If someone goes and takes a piece and does something crazy with it, all the power to them, I don't care, right? You know, but if right. they're just flat out copying it and saying, you know, hey, I'm D Clyde by my art, that's a problem.
1: <laughs> so right.
0: that to me is where OpenSea should be protecting artists.
1: Yeah, Right. exactly, yeah yeah so i'd like to see see
0: do a better job of that but so far they've dropped the ball
1: right speaking of known origin i i just got accepted i don't know of course hey
0: congratulations
1: after ebay buys them out that's when i get accepted (laughs) i'm (laughs) selling around ebay yeah 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 so i i don't know um we'll have to see if that if that changes how they do that that's the first place i would ever applied to and i just Uh happened to catch it this fast go around you know because i I felt like i've been so busy with the other collections that i didn't need another marketplace but Mm -hmm. like i said i i would like to move forward with bigger more serious pieces but i guess uh known origin doesn't support uh the manifold contracts do they
0: not as of now. I know super rare does.
1: Yeah, and foundation does. I I've been on yep, foundation yep. for over a year and never <laughs> minted anything there. But I did just create the Art of Man contract, so we have the, oh, okay. the TAOM, And I did mint a piece on the contract. It's the first painting that I ever made, which and
0: that's the on strangely the enough.
1: Contract? Yeah, so it. it The first painting I ever made, I was living, I had a roommate and uh, we were working, I was working as a graphic designer and uh, I wasn't painting, really wasn't making a lot of art at that point in my life. And I never really made what I would consider a serious painting. And you know, guys, he, he went to art school, he had an industrial design degree and we're talking back and forth. And I just decided one night I just made this painting and I thought it was pretty good and I showed it to him and he was so supportive. <laughs> he, he could have changed the history of my life by saying, oh, that's terrible.
0: <laughs> right. He, did. Right, and he right. said
1: that's, that he was really he's like, I'm impressed. I thought you were just talking a bunch of shit. <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> this is a good painting. And so I kept going because of that. And then a, a couple years later, uh, I started to try, like, OK, I need to start trying to show in galleries and uh that was the first painting that i ever had in a gallery it was in a a, a a figure study uh group exhibition at the edward hopper house in uh, oh, wow. new york oh
0: awesome. yeah
1: so it was a good yeah it was a good first showing and so i thought well i'm gonna make my you know i'm gonna make my own contract and that's all i'm gonna mint on except for the tazos is on on my own contract from now on and okay i'm just gonna go ahead i'm gonna mint this piece Here's piece number one on this contract. And it's sitting there. I guess you could find it on uh, Foundation or over Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, you I can, don't think you, you have
0: Foundation in your link tree.
1: I don't because I, I, it's not for sale. <laughs> this oh. is my number one piece. I'm not in any rush to sell it at this okay, point. Okay. 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 I feel, like, I I feel like if I set on that thing, yeah, I don't know.
0: Is it called Trouble for the Voinovich Boys?
1: that's it yeah
0: okay wow and you you're not selling it
1: it's not for sale i mean i guess you can people could make an offer (laughs) it would have to be a pretty good offer for me to accept it but i I mean i will sell it at some point it seems seems foolish to sell it right now to me
0: yeah right now with the market the way it is probably yeah right i mean that's cool though man this was your first piece First painting
1: I ever made. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you know, funny. outside yeah. of high school, you know, I'm yeah, out of high of course, school. Yeah. I've graduated. I, I went to uh graphic design school. So, you know, I was doing all that kind of stuff and yeah, I just mm-hmm, stepped out. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I can't remember where the materials came from or anything like that, but I, I guess my roommate, he must've had some stuff, but I did a big series probably that's 18 by 24. <laughs> I can't okay. remember why I, why i picked that size now do you still
0: have the physical in your possession or is that
1: no it's it's sold it didn't sell at that show but it sold after that i don't really remember the details or the price Mm -hmm. i do remember that at that show i had no you know like they wanted the price and i was just really honest with the guy you know i had to ship it i was living in columbus i went to the show Mm -hmm. Uh, but I had to ship the piece, and I just told the guy, "Like, hey, I'm a, I've never shown at a gallery before, and I have no clue what this is worth. So, if it would help me out, if you were just honest with me and I'm like put a price on it." So I got to the show that day, and I was absolutely floored. He put five thousand dollars on it. I was like, "Damn!" You were like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, somebody buy this."
0: <laughs> no i'm
1: not like that my first thought was i hope nobody buys it because it must be worth more than that <laughs> yeah, exactly you yeah, the instant <laughs> regret the moment
0: it sells for yeah 5K. yeah you're like i sure have sold it for 10k
1: <laughs> no i don't remember what i sold the piece for but i didn't get that much for it it was it took me several years to sell something for that for that amount of money
0: right 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 Still, that's that's pretty wild. You know, I actually have not gone about making a manifold contract. I've got like the foundation, the new one on foundation where you make your own. Um, the thing about foundation being it's so expensive to mint there because you mint it and then you have to also pay for the listing of it because of that separate contract. Right. So in a market like we have right now, it's just kind of tough to justify that. Right now, of course, gas fees are low, so it's not too, too bad. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's costly to mint right now when, you know, the confidence in terms of the probability of someone buying it, isn't that great. Right. So.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it wasn't very to expensive at all to mint that on manifold.
0: Right. What, what and does the, it cost to mint on manifold?
1: I think that was $15.
0: Okay. And the manifold contract, what did that run you?
1: Uh, I want to say it was the same, but maybe there was two tra- transactions. Maybe okay. one was like 2 or $3 and another one was 15
0: Yeah, I 15, really should say. Yep. So, Known Origin, it's, though, tell me, what do you have in mind for Known Origin? Is there a particular theme or style or collection you kind of want to go with there? I,
1: I, my only thought about a Known Origin piece was well, oddly enough, I already have, I have a collab on Known Origin. Okay. That that sold out a while back, and then there's another collab piece that has my artwork in it. It was uh, uh, it was the same artist actually, uh, uh, Altered Motion. He did a collage of uh, Mentalist's collection, and oh, he had okay. a bunch of my pieces, so it, it was in there. But then he was he, he contacted me and he said, "Hey, I really like working with your pieces in this collage." Do you want to do one of just your demons? And he did all 256 demons and crammed them into this collage. It's pretty intense. So, you know, I've had that on unknown origin, but I'm thinking about this book. I would like to sell the NFT and then be able to, uh, you would get the physical.
0: Mm -hmm. Sell the
1: NFT to pay for the publishing, obviously. And then you would get the, you know... Whatever the limit, and I'll do a, a a run of maybe ten or whatever, and uh, I'll sign a number of the physical book. and Wild,
0: okay. uh, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, I I really I'm th- this book's gonna be it's gonna be really slick. Let's <laughs> I'm talk a out more about exp- the book.
0: Explain explain the book a bit more to me.
1: So there'll be uh seven there'll be seventy two prints and 72 pages of text you'll get the uh the original the original blurb and uh from the book from the 1500s of the the lesser key of solomon and then you're gonna get uh just some crazy writing (laughs) that i'm gonna put in there i'm gonna loosely call it a description of each piece in some instances there's a lot of uh, what i consider interesting historical information about the demon right. but in a lot of them there isn't so if, if there's that i'll i'll talk about that but i i i write every day as an exercise uh okay for sanity <laughs> i've done that for years I, I try to get up every morning and write and draw
0: okay um, that's just like
1: my a daily practice like i i don't remember who i read or heard somebody say a long time ago that you know that was if you can if you'll get up every day and and just practice just writing down your ideas you'll you'll make it a lot farther in life than if you don't so that's kind of what I do and I just kind of I'm just trying to write the things that maybe would pop into my head while I'm working on the piece, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. So it might not be real coherent. That's that's why I'm struggling with it. I'm working with somebody that <laughs> I'm working with an editor. I'm like, is this like what would somebody think if they what read exactly this? What
0: exactly did you mean here?
1: <laughs> yeah, like what are you talking about? <laughs> so so I don't so I don't know. I don't know how all of that's going to work out, but I feel like it'll be uh, a really interesting to be able to go through and look at these pieces and kind of just, just get some ideas. You know, it's just a little short paragraph on each mm-hmm. one. Like, oh, this, this is what he's, this is what this guy was thinking about. But I really find it interesting that it's a, in, in a way, I guess it's a reproduction of this, you know, 500 and some odd year, you know, old book right and, right and i've just that's been something as an artist i've always wanted to put out a book of of prints and like i told you with my paintings i just don't the I, the the quality is not there it wouldn't suit me you know like to mm. see one of those paintings you were talking about off the website if i if i had a print made of that i just don't i can't handle it i don't you like it can't I think it, looks,
0: it doesn't do yet. it justice
1: it doesn't do it justice and it just doesn't satisfy me. But these that's what I love about I mean when you do a digital painting and you print it out, it,
0: it looks honestly,
1: awesome. yeah. I like the ones that I have, I think they look better than than it does on the screen. Right.
0: So, no, so, I get I get what you're saying. It does. It it's it's amazing how cool it can look when you print those.
1: Yeah. So and and those are all super high resolution and to shrink them down. I'm doing a it's gonna be eight by ten a so standard
0: so what are you doing um, to print them like what what's your process like do you have a particular company you always print with or what do you do
1: yeah i'm going to use a basically a print on demand service
0: okay Got good good ones know, in mind
1: i guess i mean i was a lot of them will, will send you the first one for free so we're <laughs> just going to go from there i mean i have i have different companies that i've used for different things Okay. you know to print posters and stuff like that before so, so okay, we'll okay, see.
0: okay it's something i'd like to try more i'd like to have more of my art printed
1: yeah i know and i That's... Didn't really
0: like your idea of printing it and then painting on top of it yeah those yeah.
1: paintings I, i'm excited about those like i'm the kind of person uh like you know, I've got three of them that are ready. I could just walk out to the studio right now. Just, <laughs> just take off. I'm like where did he go? He's out in the studio. He's working on them. They're they're ready to go. But I, you know, I I'm painting them when I'm sitting in traffic, you know, or when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. I'm working on, them, you know, and I, yeah, they're already awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to start working on them. I think I think they're going to be some really amazing pieces. Just just from what I've learned, it's weird to think that you could learn more about watercolor by doing a digital watercolor than right. but but there are things you still learn. I I mean to me that's a real testament to the to the power of the software. I mean, they, they've done an amazing job. The only thing, and I don't know if it's just me not knowing the a brush or something, is you can't get you can't get a good paint drip. on a digital piece
0: you can't it's true even you just can't get it same thing it doesn't you'd think they could put some kind of little physics engine in there but that'd be a lot of programming
1: yeah yeah Right. because i mean that's one of my favorite things. when i'm working on a painting and like i said like maybe i'm thinking oh this looks so good i've got a can of old it's probably moldy too just real watered down white like house paint like super yeah. thin watered down and i'll just take a big brush and i'll just make a big swipe across the whole thing and i love to and see all the paint dripped down. out yes yeah and it's like all that detail i just painted and look and it's just drizzled over you can't even see it anymore
0: it gives <laughs> a depth though
1: but I, yeah it does I, yeah that's the it reminds thing, me of um
0: do you know Tomara peretz in la do you know him you Familiar know. with that I don't,
1: name? I don't i don't think so
0: he he uses that a lot in his work. He has some work where he did a ton of work on a portrait in detail and then he whitewashes it.
1: The whole and thing? It's beautiful. Yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, but a lot of it is hidden from the whitewashing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here, I'll just show it to you a second. We can edit this out.
1: Uh, yeah, I had a... Uh, for a while, I, I lived in an artist community and I did... I've only done one show of collaborative physical works. Okay. And the other artist, we would work on something, and that was his thing. He I would be working on, we were just doing these little small, like eight by eight paintings, and we would just toss them back and forth to each other. And we keep pushing it and pushing it, and pushing it. And finally he'd be like, You've messed us up so much. And he's like, he would just, <laughs> just paint it white, just start all over. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up with all these white paintings and, and they were pretty, they were really interesting.
0: But it's like you said before, it does come through, you know, like there's something it about does, it that does, yeah. It still, you know, penetrates that, those layers to your eyes. Um, hmm. Well, here's the art. I'll get, I'll give you a link to the artist, but um, I can't find the particular pieces that are like with the whitewash effect. So that would take maybe some digging. But uh, he does beautiful work, beautiful portraits. Um, Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't find the particular ones where he does this whitewashed effect. But just trust me, okay? He does, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those giant portraits, I mean, they're so cool. I mean, I like Chuck Close. I mean, that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah very cool anyway hey uh, anything else you want to kind of drop for listeners in terms of what you're going to be working on then with this uh, project anything you want people to look for? Uh,
1: i mean obviously check out the collab i've got with jolene i mean this is the first i said you know i had the collab on known origin but i didn't really mm-hmm. do anything you know I he just took all my demons and made a collage this okay. was the first this is the first collab where we actually went back and forth and you know and both worked on it. i've got a couple other collabs that where they haven't been minted yet so this okay. is the So you've got a live auction
0: first. running on this piece right now on object.com is where i found it
1: yeah and, and it's 60 for, for better left yeah for better or worse I, I don't know sometimes it feels like it was a good idea and sometimes it doesn't i All of my evolves have been auctions, and I start them all at one Tez.
0: Okay. It's like which is pretty pretty low price.
1: (laughs) That's a pretty low price, yeah. But uh, my whole point with uh, you know those those evolve pieces, we're gonna happen no matter what, and I do like the pieces, and I'm auctioning them, and I I just want to see how many bids I can get, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's exciting. So so far, I think the last auction before this one ran up to 115
0: okay so for well, one there, is to still, 115, there is still a number of days left right i'm guessing towards the end is when it kind of ramps up with the bids i would guess it does
1: and you know it's just exciting an auction, yes. <laughs> an auction is Auctions exciting are fun. Yeah. yeah they really are the the money it doesn't whatever <laughs> who cares but i i, I I'm sure I could set it at a higher price. (laughs) I don't know. You get more
0: excitement this way though, when you start low.
1: Right. Well, and you're really putting it out there too. Like what's everybody think of this?
0: Yep. I've had auctions where I started with no reserve and sold for hardly anything, you know, and then I've had other that did really well. Cause you are, like you say, you're putting yourself out there when you've got no reserve on it and it's a low price. Yeah. Yeah then occasionally so, you get somebody who just swoops uh, I, in there and snipes it for dirt cheap when no one else is bidding. And you're like, Oh, I have to honor this. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well,
1: you know, I didn't know until the last one was uh it, it was a bidding war at the end. And I didn't okay. know that on, ob- on object, they give you 10 minutes after the last bid.
0: Oh, so okay. somebody has so to, kept going. So,
1: yeah. So somebody has to tap out. I was like, that's, that's the way it should be. That is. Somebody's got to throw in the towel and be like, "Okay, yes. you win. That's that's as far as I'm willing to go." Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. just like squeeze it the last second. It's like that's yeah, good. Sure. It, it, that's the way it sh- it should be. So I, I mean, that's that's all I plan on doing for the for a while oh. now. Are I'll auction off some more of the evolves. Yeah, On, cool. on Tezos and and the back, you know, every day I'm, I'm working on this book and, you know that'll probably be another month or two and it's probably the the soonest that would ever come to be. I mean, maybe we'll see
0: some work on known origin after that.
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I feel like you should, you should at least have a piece or two on every platform.
0: Yeah. Well, especially if you've been accepted onto a curated platform, you kind of want to make your presence known there.
1: Exactly. And then, hopefully you know by the end of the year we'll see a piece on the contract that i will let somebody buy (laughs) right (laughs) but but be 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 prepared because like i said everything you've seen is me working on something for a few hours now we're going to see what it looks like when i work on something for a few few months months.
0: yeah yeah okay
1: see see if i can make the jump see if you can tell the difference (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you can
0: yeah well hey thanks again for catching up with me and uh i wish you all the best with all this work you're doing and uh yeah good luck to you
1: all right good talking
0: to you right on have an awesome day see you thanks again for listening to the non-fungible podcast see you again soon